now we're going to go back to our series entitled Face to Face. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, verse 11, if you stand for the reading of God's word, I'm going to read one scripture here, one verse. Amen? We're going to deal with more verses, but just one for today. And it says, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? I want to talk about this morning, face to face, Adam and Eve, breaking the shackles of shame and guilt. Breaking the shackles of shame and guilt. One of the things that I've shared with you in this series, Face to Face, is that at some point in our lives, we will have to face God. We're going to get to Jacob later on, but let me just use it as an illustration. Jacob wrestled with God. The Bible says he wrestled with God all night until daybreak. I believe right before daybreak, your blessings going to come. But oftentimes, we don't wait around long enough. Oh, I wish I had somebody for our blessings. We don't hold on tight enough, amen, to see that God has an unchanging hand. How many believe that? He has an unchanging hand. One of the things I've found out about pastoring and people is that shame and guilt is what keeps them away. It's not because the church doesn't have what they need. It's because they've been gripped or they've been shackled by shame and guilt. In the first part of this series, we found the prelude to man. He was enjoying fellowship with God. He had relationship with God in the garden. He had intimacy with God. He had perfection. He had a perfect environment. Not only did he have a perfect environment, but God provided for everything that he needed. But when sin entered the picture, the relationship with God and man changed. Sin affected the relationship. Now... We have to recognize that even us, at times, we fall short in our relationship with God. The best of us, come on somebody, uh, can fall into something that causes us to forget that God is a God of grace. That God is a God of mercy and kindness and love and God has... Afforded to all of us the opportunity that no matter how far you may have fallen from him. You don't have to live with shame. You don't have to live with guilt. How I many you struggle sometimes? Come on, y'all. Amen. I'm by myself. <clears throat> Amen. We struggle, right? And, and, and oftentimes when you come face to face with God, it, it's almost like, you know, I remember just. Messing up real bad and just going into my prayer closet with him was a struggle. <laughs> Amen. And that's at home. 
and much less to come into his presence corporately to worship him. Listen, we can't avoid God as a believer. It's impossible. While we have a choice and a chance, no matter how much we may have messed up, we must remember that we must come face to face with God. We find here in this, in this passage, uh, the Bible talks about, and we, did, we, we, we dealt with verses 1 to verse 10. We already dealt with all of that. And we found that God called Adam and Eve to an accountability. Verse 9 says, the Lord called to the man. Notice who he called first. The man. Amen. I I use this in my relationship series. Amen. And and, and I want to tell you something. Uh, It's amazing how many of us, I call it blind spots. Oftentimes we don't pay attention to the blind spots in relationships. Amen. We get caught by surprise. You didn't know what you were dealing with until you got blindsided by it. Are you with me? And so the Lord called to man and he says, hey, where are you? God already knew that God was God trying to, you know, find out. No, God is all knowing. The one thing we have to understand, no matter how much we may run from his presence, you can't run from him. And eventually you will run into him. Why? Because he's all-knowing. He's everywhere at the same time. Come on, somebody. The text says they, they heard the sound of you in the garden. That's what it says. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. How many of us hide from God, right? When we're going through. When we've messed up. Come on, I'm trying to help you now trying to help you and hope you today because let me tell you something you don't have to hide Craig you ain't got to hide amen because let me tell you something about God he's going to chase you down are you with me listen listen God loves you so much that you got to realize that he knows all about what's going on in your heart verse 11 it says and he said he said look what he says he says who told you huh That you were what? Naked. Who told you that? You have, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? So when you come face to face with God, the first thing you will have is this. You ready? Accountability. Can I help you with something? If you don't want to be accountable to nobody. And even God, then you and I are in trouble. I remember living a life without scrutiny. A life that I thought that I could do on my own. Anybody been there? When you were self-sufficient. When you were, you know, you, you took care of matters on your own hands. You and I were accountable to no one. The text says, God says, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were exposed? And he says, have you eaten from the what? From the tree of which I commanded you not to eat. Not the fruit, as some people say. The tree. And oftentimes, what we do when we don't want to come face to face with God, we don't want accountability. Do I have a witness? You ever, you, do you remember running? 
<laughs> do you remember hiding? Do you remember saying, man, I don't want nobody telling me what. Oh, I'm by myself. I see I'm by myself. It's lonely, it's lonely up here, y'all. <laughs> Amen. Listen, but God wants you to know that a life lived without accountability is can be a destructive life. I thank God that I'm accountable to him. I thank God that, yes, I may have disobeyed him, but he always brings me back to accountability. No matter how far I fall, he'll bring me back to what? Accountability. And if you're going to break the shackles of shame and guilt, you have to accept accountability. Are you with me? Look what the text says now in verse 12. It says, then the man said, now watch the text now. (laughs) The man said, well... The woman, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> the woman whom you gave to be with me. Oh, Adam, Adam, Adam. She gave me from the tree and I ate. That's what you call the blame game. That's what you call deflection. That's what you call not wanting to take what? Responsibility for our what? actions you know what we see right away happens when sin enters a picture immediately depravity they had never lied they had never blamed anybody for anything but notice that he says god if you didn't give me that woman wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute he just told her baby you were the apple of my eye you you came out of me woman you know what I mean? You, you rib for my rib, bone for my bone. Come on, somebody. He was just, he was the first poet in the Bible. Adam was the first poet, you know. And, and he was, he was saying, oh man, baby, you're everything. But now, <laughs> God, you gave her to me. And because you gave her to me, that's what happened. Look at verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, well, the serpent deceived me. You see the pattern? Are you you seeing this? What's going on here? (laughs) We We see that nobody wants to be held what? Accountable. And if we're going to come face to face with God, we can't be doing this right here. We can't be, listen, I got to take accountability for what I added to the problem. Here's the thing. Adam had a choice, but he blamed God. Eve had a choice and she blamed the serpent. Text says the Lord God said to the serpent, uh, because, well, I'll stop here. He says, and the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the next thing we find, not only is there accountability, but there is, next we find avoidance and blame. If you're going to break that chain, you can't avoid What has happened? You cannot blame other people for what you have done. Isn't that something? Don't we do that, y'all? Don't we do? Don't we see? Listen, it started in Genesis and it has continued. Nobody want to be told they're wrong. Come on, come on, somebody. Last time you were told you you were wrong, what'd you do? You blame somebody else. Well, it was the car. (laughs) Boy, if I had a better job, if I had a better boss. 
Come on, somebody. If I had a better circumstance, if I had a better upbringing, listen, rather than blaming and avoiding, accept what God has allowed. Come on, somebody. Text says, the text says that she, he said it was God and the woman, the woman you gave me. And then he, and then she said, no, it was the, it was the serpent. And I want to say something to you. Satan knew what he was doing. And Satan knows what he's doing with us at times. Do you know that if Satan can keep you away from corporate worship, then you don't have, you, you can avoid conviction. You can blame the pastor. You can blame the jacked up member who step on your feet or you can blame that person that looked at you sideways. You can say a bunch of stuff, but God says that will not be good enough to break those what? Chains. Anybody want to be set free? Anybody really want to be set free? I know I do. I know sometimes the shame is so strong. Oh, come on, help me somebody. But I know one thing. I know when I come to Jesus, when I come into his house, he accepts me as I am. Do I have anybody? And even imagine that God is looking at his children saying, what did y'all do? Man, now it's plummeted. Listen, Adam and Eve wasn't thinking about nothing. They were thinking about themselves. Then they blame and avoid. Verse 14 says, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, what does he do? What does he say? Cursed are you more than any what? Cattle and more than every beast of the field and on your belly you will go and dust you will eat. Listen to this. Listen to this. Satan, snakes at that time used to walk upright. He was cursed to his belly. Watch this, watch this, watch this. All, he says, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put, watch this now, watch the blessing is coming. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And what? See the word? Look at, look at the text. See where it says he is capital, huh? Tell your neighbor that's the gospel. That's Jesus. He says, and he, Jesus, shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel, but you won't kill him. That's the first gospel. Look at the text, verse 16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply pain in what? Childbirth. What else? And, I, and you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be to control your husband. To bring him into submission. And he will rule over you. It won't work. So the next thing you have. Third thing you must do. Third thing is acceptance. Here's what I'm saying. Whatever you have messed up. You got to accept. Your punishment. Because out of that will come your praise. Paul says, a thorn was given to me on the side. To what? To buffet me. 
All pain doesn't bring you to your demise. Sometimes pain brings you to praise. Listen, can I help somebody with something? Can I just help you with something? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Rather than complain about what's going on in your life, accept what God has allowed and you will find out something. That you will come out better than when you went in. Do I have anybody here today? The text says God is dealing out discipline. But even in his discipline, he has grace. There's mercy. When I come face to face with God, I have to accept. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You want to know why a lot of people won't, won't hang in there? They don't want to accept the consequences for their actions. And they want to get an attitude, but they're the ones that cause the problem. What craziness is that? For every cause, there's an effect. If you keep showing up late for work, eventually, even though you think you run the place, and they can do it without you, come on now. Even though, even though you feel, listen, if you keep mistreating your spouse, eventually they're going to say enough is enough. Come on, somebody. But, but here's the thing. Accepting what God allows helps you to understand that you are living under his grace. Because whatever God allows in your life will be positioned through grace will be dealt out through grace. You say, what is grace, pastor? I'm not really getting what I deserve. What should have Adam and Eve got? What should they have gotten? Death, immediately. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But the last part of this text, I see something. I see something so powerful. Look at verse 17. Then Adam, then to Adam he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife. My brothers, I'm going to leave that alone. And have eaten from the tree about which I command you, saying you shall not eat from it. That's what he says. Cursed is the ground because of you. Now, if I back up for a minute and I ask all the mothers in this room. Did you have pain in childbirth? So tell your neighbor the Bible is real. That's part of the curse. But can you imagine? I told you it's, it's through grace. Because right after your pain comes joy. The joy of holding that child. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Even though you went through hours of pain and even had to go through c-sections and all kinds of different things that caused you discomfort and pain watch this god is a god of grace y'all and with that came joy the joy of looking at this child and saying oh how precious this child is do i have anybody and then you went and did it again and again (laughs) and again and again, look like you like pain. 
watch this. And I, I want to show you something. Watch the text. Now, with Adam now, he says, listen, man, uh, because you've done that, curses the ground. Watch this. Because of you. And in toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. You know what I hear from every man? Every man. And pastor, man, I got to grind, man. I, shoot, I got to work. I got to, I got to. And look, and they're not enjoying a day of it. The ground is cursed. The ground is cursed because of Adam. And the ground is cursed. Look what he says. He says, and in toil you will eat from it all the days of your life. Both what? Thorns and thistles. And it shall grow for you and you will eat the plant of the field by the sweat of your face. You shall, you will what? Eat bread till you return to the what? Ground. In other words, he said, Adam, Adam you're going to work all the days of your life. Even in retirement. Because from it you were taken. For you are what? Dust. And dust you shall what? Return. Imagine that. Imagine that God is saying to Adam, Adam, you may have a few good days at work. But for the most part, work's going to be a little difficult for you. You're going to have to get it through sweat. And sacrifice. You wonder why it's so hard for us to to, to make it at times? It is because of this curse. But watch this. But here's the thing. I accept it. And you know what what I've accepted? I've accepted the fact that I have to work. And hard work does pay off. Come on, somebody. Because under grace, (laughs) work becomes just a little bit more bearable because I understand who I'm doing it for because the Bible says whatever you do do it as unto the Lord see there's a different after Calvary and at the garden (laughs) you see Calvary afforded us the opportunity that we can enjoy what we do for a living come on help me somebody and so I thank God this morning while I'm breaking the chain of shame and guilt, I can be accountable. I don't have to avoid or blame anybody. I can accept, but verse 21 is really what blessed me in this text, y'all. Look at verse 21. The Lord God. See, when you make your own covering, it's going to dry up. The text says they took what? Fig leaves or leaves. And what did they do? They covered themselves. Tell your neighbor that was temporary covering. But he says, God made garments. Can I help you with something? When you come face to face with God, he'll cover you. He'll care for you. Don't leave your covering. So the last thing I see is affection. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for your affection. When I didn't even know I needed covering, you covered me. 
When all my friends left me, you covered me. When my family threw me away, you covered me. When, when, when fake people came around and tried to pull me down, you covered me. I thank God today that the text says the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and what? Clothe them. Thank God that he's a good tailor. Thank God that he knows exactly what I need. I don't have to run from him, y'all. I don't have to hide from him. Listen, I know people may look at you funny, but you lift your head anyhow. You all have a story. We all have something we did that we're ashamed of. But listen, when it comes down to God, you can come clean. Because guess what? He'll cover you. And can I tell you something? Before he exposes you, he'll cover you. But what you got to do is repent before he exposes you. So he can what? Cover you. One of the greatest connections you could ever make is connecting between time and eternity. Expectations always affect behavior. You can always know what to expect by what you do. If you expect to be a doctor, it will affect your educational plans. If you expect to be a pro athlete, it will affect your workout regimen. If you, if, if you found out you're terminally ill, it will affect what you consider as important. Expectations affect what? Decisions. Many Christians are living in a perpetual defeat because their expectations are locked into time and not into eternity. So no matter how bad it may get here on earth, a better day is coming. A brighter day is coming. Listen, earth is just your passing through place. Come on, somebody. And one day, you will be in heaven. But while you're here on earth, keep you an eternal perspective. Don't let the shackles of shame and guilt hold you. So that you cannot move forward with what God has called you to do. Give God a hand clap of praise.